Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those of us in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food and it's more than the food. On this podcast, we'll talk about the food you put in your mouth and everything else that nourishes you or doesn't, with special attention paid to the problems and opportunities facing women over 40 burning out in mission-driven work. My vision is a world in which we can all be well while doing good, and my mission is to give you the simple resources and practices and some helpful connections to get there. Let's get started. This week's episode is brought to you by my Flip Your Kitchen sessions. In these monthly sessions, we spend two hours on the first Sunday of each month learning some kitchen, nutrition, meal planning, and cooking basics. You can get the recipes approximately two weeks in advance, so you can do your shopping and cook along with me if you'd like. We usually end up with two to three dishes you can use during the week, and you'll learn a lot about how to meal plan and prep on your own. If you're an employer looking for add-ons for your wellness programs, make sure to send me an email and let me know you'd like to get your employees access. We'll set up a time to discuss what your options are. If you're an individual looking for virtual workshops on holistic wellness topics, you can register on Eventbrite or purchase the replays in the shop at simplyhealthcoaching.com. By the way, for the month of March 2023, National Nutrition Month, you can get 25% off when you use the coupon MAR23 on any Flip Your Kitchen replay. Sorry, midweek wellness workshops are not included in this special. And as usual, all the links are in the show notes. You might be wondering why I'm calling this episode Macronutrients Cocktail. And I wanna just tell you a little story. Uh, A really close friend of mine recently took a new job and one of the sort of let's get to know you questions that she was asked during her onboarding was, how do you take your coffee? And when she told me this, I did a classic spit take, coffee of course, because watching her concoct the perfect cup of coffee involves what looks like a really scientific process of alternating cream and simple syrup and maybe a little more cream. No, definitely more syrup. And I kid you not, the whole process takes at least 10 minutes. She also happens to be a great mixologist because she will patiently tweak each cocktail until she achieves the perfect combination of ingredients. So when she told me this question, like, how do you take your coffee? I said, well, what did you tell them? And she said, I told them it's complicated. (laughs) And I just thought that was so perfect. And I've been laughing about this for a few months now. And it sort of all came back to me when I was thinking about our next back to basics topic, which is how to devise this sort of perfect macronutrient cocktail for ourselves. The fact is proteins, fats, and carbs all play really important roles in our nutrition. And while limiting or eliminating one of them is something I don't generally advise, it takes a while to create the perfect cocktail of these three macronutrients 
for our bioindividual needs. So this week, we're diving into what proteins, fats, and carbs actually do in and for our bodies. And I won't get too complicated, I promise. Uh, I do think it's important to know just the basics of what these macronutrients do in our bodies before we start messing around with them. So what do I mean by macronutrients cocktail? I'm not talking about the ratio of gin to vermouth or cream and sugar to coffee, but March is National Nutrition Month. And so our Back to Basics theme continues with a deeper dive into the value of the whole foods that you put in your mouth. And as I mentioned in last week's episode, a lot of us get really hung up on the right mix of macronutrients, also known as our macro percentages. This is where the danger of sliding into nutritionism looms really large. And we can spend way too much time worrying about whether we're getting too much or not enough proteins, fats, and carbs without really thinking about what do these nutrients do for us. Some of us go so far as to severely restrict or entirely eliminate entire categories of macronutrients. And fats and carbs have been particularly vilified over the past few decades. And here's why you may want to be careful about this practice. Proteins, fats, and carbs all play very different roles in our nutrition. We really do need all of them. So let's start with proteins. Proteins are made up of, of, of long chains of amino acids, uh, of which there are 20, combined in different ways. So think of amino acids as 20 different kinds of beads that you can combine into a variety of necklaces. Importantly, our bodies create some of these chains themselves, and some of the beads need to come from our food choices. So remember the whole food combining craze where people were saying, oh, you always have to eat beans and rice together to get perfect protein, etc." Much of that has been disproven recently. You can actually get quote unquote perfect protein combinations over the course of a day. So you could have beans for lunch and rice for dinner. And between the two of them, you'll get the essential uh, combination that you need, which you can't create in your own body. And it's no wonder that we are so concerned with our protein intake. So take a listen to what these necklaces are responsible for in our bodies. And don't forget that whole grains, legumes, vegetables, and fruits, nuts, and seeds all contain protein. First of all, growth and maintenance. Protein's primary job is taking care of the body's growth and maintenance. So you generally need a certain amount of protein to keep your body where it needs to be in terms of growth and maintenance. And your need for protein is gonna vary based on your health and your activity level. So under the following conditions, for example, your protein needs increase, illness, pregnancy and breastfeeding, recovery from injury or surgery, and older adults and athletes require more proteins. So that's one job of protein, growth and maintenance of the body. And that's its primary job. Secondly, enzymes and hormones. 
Enzymes are types of proteins that help a variety of biochemical reactions to happen in our bodies. Some enzymes require micronutrients, which we talked about last week, vitamins and minerals, for a reaction to take place. Remember I said, I don't care how much protein you're getting. If you're not eating your vegetables, you are shortchanging your body. Your body cannot use those proteins unless you're getting the vitamins and minerals that help those proteins in the form of enzymes make things happen in your body. Bodily functions that depend on enzymes include things like digestion, energy production, blood clotting, muscle contraction. Also, joining together with some types of fats, proteins make up our hormones, the chemical messengers that help our cells, tissues, and organs communicate with each other so that they can work efficiently. So protein helps with growth and maintenance, and also with our enzyme and hormones, both their production and the use of them in the body. And body structure is another major function of proteins. Certain kinds of proteins make up the structure and vary the stiffness and flexibility of our structure. So for example, keratin is found in your skin, hair, and nails. Keratin is a protein. Collagen is the most abundant protein in your body, and that makes up your bones, tendons, ligaments, and skin. Elastin is the most flexible of these proteins, and it helps parts of your body, such as your lungs, your arteries, your uterus, to return to their original shape after stretching or contracting. Other functions of proteins include helping our bodies to maintain the proper acidity level. So whether it's acid or alkaline, helps with fluid balance, helps keep our immune system strong, transports and stores nutrients, and if needed, provides energy. So think about all those things that protein do. You'll notice that while proteins have four calories per gram, providing energy is not one of their most important functions. Protein is used in so many other important ways that it's the last place the body will turn for energy. Your body will pirate protein from your muscles if it has exhausted the energy stores you have from carbs and fat. Usually when you are practicing extreme fasting and or extreme workouts, or you don't eat enough calories in general. So those are all the things that proteins do for us, all extremely important. Fats, like protein, our bodies create some of the fats, including cholesterol, on their own. Others we have to get from our food choices. And like proteins, fats are long chains, long necklaces made up of fatty acids rather than amino acids. And we don't really need to get into the science of all this. Just think of it as a long necklace made up of fatty acids. In recent decades, fat vilification was rampant. And I want you to be very careful to not condemn people who claim to eat a whole foods, plant-based, no oil diet. 
These people are not fat phobic. They get their fats from whole foods rather than from processed oils. So there's a difference between somebody who refuses to eat fat and someone who gets their fats from whole foods. The amazing thing is with all of the warnings about fat, we haven't necessarily gotten healthier by reducing or eliminating fat from our food choices. This is really important. The pendulum has swung back the other way. And I will say that keto adherents have sort of gone to the extreme of this. Fat is not bad for you in all its forms. And we will talk more about that next week, but just be careful that you're not going low fat or fat free because you think it's particularly healthy. Um, I remember really well a woman who used to come to a, a regular at a health food deli that I worked at and she absolutely refused to let any fat pass her lips. And wow, did she look and feel awful. <laughs> she also had a lot of health issues and many of them were brought on by malnutrition. So let's talk about why that would be so. If she, were, if she was avoiding fats, what was she missing out on? First of all, fats are a way to store energy in our body. Fats that we take in through our mouth have more than twice as many calories per gram as proteins and carbs. So remember back to last week's episode, fat has nine calories per gram, protein and carbs have four calories per gram. So fats in our diet are a very dense form of energy intake. Fat storage in the body for creating energy for leaner times is extremely efficient, which can be a problem. Whenever we take in more calories than we use in a day, the remainder are stored as fat in the fat cells. Some of them go into a very limited form of storage, which we'll talk about in a moment. A lot of those excess calories get stored as fat in our fat cells. And here's the problem. Our fat cells seem to be able to expand without limit. So yeah, that's where we get into the issues of overweight and obesity. I do want you to know though, that this is not a simple matter of calories in versus calories out as we once believed. There are a lot of factors at play in the fat storage process. So yes, eating the right amount of calories and moving our bodies are two very important pieces of the puzzle and they're not the only two pieces. Secondly, insulation. The fat between our muscles and our skin is our body's way of staying warm and actually also cool. Have you ever noticed how you might gain a few pounds of so-called winter weight every year? That's your body trying to stay warm. It's building up some fat reserves to keep you warm. And when we're mindful of this, it kind of stops being such a shock. Oh my God, I gave five pounds this winter. We can get a little less judgmental uh, if we realize that, oh, I'm packing on pounds because my body's trying to keep warm. The trick of course is to be aware that spring and summer are a time to trim back down or those three to five pounds are kind of like interest that keeps compounding. The next function of that is cushioning. 
Think about your vital organs, heart, liver, lung, kidneys, digestive tract, reproductive organs. Other than the heart and lungs, which are so cunningly protected by the hard cage of our ribs, most of our organs are at the mercy of the outer world because they lie just beyond that fragile layer of muscle, fat, and skin. There is not a whole lot between our internal organs and the world. So our abdominal fat, as opposed to the fat beneath our skin, acts as a cushion for those organs, and it protects them against the jostling of everyday life, whether we're walking, running, jumping, climbing, or we're just prone to bumping into things with our bodies. That fat cushions your eternal, internal organs. Fats also play a role in enzymes and hormones, just like proteins. Fats help proteins to do their jobs, combining with them to act as hormones, which are the messengers of the body. And they can also start chemical reactions that help manage growth, immune function, reproduction, metabolism, which is how we use the nutrients in our food. So fats are a very essential part of the enzymes and hormones in our body. We cannot make some of these enzymes and hormones without fat. So think back to my, my uh, person who used to frequent this, this health food deli. Her hormones were in such disarray because she did not put any fat in her diet. So her body could not make some of these hormones that she needed. Finally, absorption. Fat help Fats help the body absorb and sort of stockpile what are known as the fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. So there are two kinds of vitamins, fat-soluble and water-soluble. The fat-soluble vitamins are actually stored in our bodies, uh, and we need fat in order to do that. So vitamin A, D, E, and K are stored in our livers and our fatty tissues for use by our body. So if you're not getting enough beneficial fats, you're not going to be able to absorb these vitamins properly, which causes a chain reaction that can actually lead to malnutrition. And finally, our last macronutrient in our cocktail is carbohydrates. And you can see how important protein and fats are to the body. So what about carbs? Number one, energy. Carbs are the body's most important source of immediately available energy. It's a complex process that is more science than I'm going to try to take on. <laughs> but let's just say that carbs break down into the glucose that fuels our body. And most importantly, the hungry, hungry hippo of a brain. The brain uses more calories than most of the rest of our body. The body will always turn to this source of energy first and only lacking carbs that turn into glucose will it turn to the energy that's stored in our fat tissues. It's really important to get our carbs in complex form and we're going to talk about more talk about that more next week. Simple carbs will give you a jolt of energy, and that will be followed by an energy crash, which is going to require more simple carbs. And well, you get the idea. Simple carbs in, 
energy rush, energy crash. Quick, more simple carbs, send them down. Energy rush, energy crash. And it just becomes this hideous cycle. A limited amount of excess carbs can be stored as glycogen in the liver and the muscles. And that's the second place that the body looks for energy. So first, the body looks towards carbs. Secondly, is there any glycogen in the liver and the muscles? After that, those excess carbs are going into the fat cells as fat. So energy is probably the most important thing that carbohydrates do for us. There is another type of carbohydrate, and we talked about this last week as sort of a, an other nutrient, um, and that is fiber. Fiber is actually a form of carbs that helps with our digestion. Remember, it's kind of an odd other nutrient because it doesn't really have calories, it's not really digestible, but it's considered a carb. So one type of fiber, fiber which is soluble, combines with water it like sucks water up and it helps to soften your stool as it leaves your body uh, think about oatmeal and flax seeds and the insides of fruits that if you add water to them they get kind of gelatinous that's that's soluble fiber at work and here's that second nutrient we talked about the other nutrient water right so fiber and water combine to help your stool pass through your digestive tract. The other type of fiber, which is insoluble, produces just the bulk that makes up your stool so that you can get rid of the waste products in your body. So your poop is made up of insoluble fiber. It's softened by water combined with soluble fiber. And then there's a whole bunch of toxic things that get eliminated with your poop. So appropriate amounts of fiber of both kinds can help the body manage heart health and blood sugar levels as well as your digestion. So there you have it. We have taken a look at what the basic nutrients are and what they do in our bodies. So we're talking about the macronutrients, proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. And I know it might feel like a lot of information. It might still feel a little bit squishy. So next week, we're going to get really practical about it. And we're going to learn what are the best choices for proteins, fats, and carbs in our diet. And we can figure out what the best combination of macronutrients is for you right now. Um, if you're interested in, in figuring out how to do that, you're welcome to schedule a Your Story session and we can think about getting started. In the meantime, this week, spend some time thinking about, reflecting on how marvelously interconnected all these nutrients are, right? Fats, proteins, carbohydrates, they really cannot work by themselves. They need each other to work. Talk about synergy, right? One of those really overused words from these couple decades. Our bodies are truly miracles in motion, only if we give them what they need to thrive. And yes, that means a sort of bio-individual macronutrient cocktail. Tune in next week. We're going to talk about where to find the best proteins, fats, and carbohydrates to put into our cocktail. Thanks for listening. 
Please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice, and the opinions of guests on this show are their own. Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker, LLC, neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. And let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send a voice message directly through Anchor, as well as some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the link is in the show notes.